the Nick Winter Show, and I do the entertaining. Thank you. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. A Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask, did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah! Star Wars! Go scare it! Star Wars! My seventh winner up here! So, uh, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, I pulled a few strings, and I know some people. Mainly Brecken Myers hair person, <laughs> right? Right. I know them very well, um, and I was able to land us right here on the set, live recording from the set of Garfield Four. I'm I was super thrilled when you told me that was like, "Hey Jay, we're gonna go record from the set of Kitty Kitty Bang Bang." Right. I was, that's what it's called. I was thrilled. I know. I was like Garfield Four. Yes. No way. The one and was only. There, was there a Garfield Three? And you're like, I don't know. But probably not. <laughs> probably not. But Garfield, Garfield 4, Four is totally happening. It's gonna be lit AF, as the kids say. <laughs> as the kids. Um, well, the- first off, let me preface this by saying we're doing another stuff too. This is another oh, stuff yeah. too episode about. The one and only. Our favorite. The most glorious man who has ever graced our eyeballs except for each other. Easily my favorite Bill. A definite. Well, I don't know. I like that one that sits up on Capitol Hill. I'm a bit. He's just a Bill. You know? I'm just a Bill. <laughs> yeah. Something, so, something, Capitol Hill. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> fan of that bill, but this bill is also very high <laughs> on my list. Uh, so yeah, so we here at High Five, we love, we fucking adore Bill Murray almost as much as we adore B. Arthur, maybe more, maybe more, but maybe it's because they both start with B. Oh, we just have a B fetish. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. not a butt fetish for anybody who's wondering. It's just B. Like Speak actual, for yourself. <laughs> actual B. <laughs> to the point where we even do a uh, monthly, last Wednesday of every month, Bill Murray Bingo. Yes. A game that we created yes. because we love Bill Murray because so much. Because of our love for this man and because of our B fetish. So, I mean, our favorite movie is B movie. That's obvi- right. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> our favorite actress is B Arthur. Our favorite actor is Bill Murray. Right. Our favorite candy is Juju Bees. Our favorite game to play is Bingo. Bill Murray Bingo. Our favorite sexual act is Butt Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're gonna go with that. Yep. Um, so, and then our other favorite things also start with B. Yeah. Fill in the blanks in your own mind. Oh, blanks! Ah! <laughs> you're still doing High five. it. High five. Moody and stuff. Personal stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxing stuff. Evil stuff. Piggling little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand.
That was good. No, thank you. I mean, you me bears. That was... Oh, oh, bears! Everything starts with a B. If as long as it's second. Gummy doesn't start with B. It's a bummy bear. Bummy bear. It's a... It's a <laughs> bouncing here and there. And homeless <laughs> in underwear. <laughs> All right, so... Back to being oh. on the set of, of I was going to say Bill Murray Bingo, which we are not. That's a fantastic Begway. God damn it. <laughs> we can't, let's, can we just talk with bees for the rest of the show? Boo bet. <laughs> Biss is going to be great. <laughs> People have already popped Bissning. <laughs> Mo one was Bissning in the first place. <laughs> nope. All right. We're done. <laughs> this joke has gone on way too long already. All right. So. I digress. <laughs> Here we are once again on the set of Garfield, Garfield 4, 4, Kitty Kitty Bang Bang, Kitty Kitty Bang Bang, and we're discussing the fact of how Bill Murray got involved in this, and you told me a very fascinating story, so I want to hear. So Okay, so this is actually one of my favorite stories to tell, and you and I have talked about this a lot. So um, Bill Murray <clears throat> originally agreed to do Garfield because he thought it was written by a Coen Brothers. Right. Garfield, the movie, is written by Joel Cohen. Joel, a, a writer named Joel Cohen. Right. Not but it's, that Joel Cohen. But it's spelled C O H E N. So when Bill Murray was presented with the script, they said, Oh, this is written by Joel Cohen. And he said, Oh, fantastic. And he signed on immediately, not realizing it was a different Joel Cohen <laughs> from the Cohen brothers' fame. Right. But at that point, he had already like agreed to do the movie and he was like, in it to win it, basically. They had already paid him and all this good stuff. So he basically had to do it. My big problem with this is that I've heard this story corroborated in many different facets and by di many different people. And I even read an interview where I'm pretty sure Bill Murray himself corroborated that story. But it doesn't explain why he did Garfield 2. And that's my big problem with this, because I'm wondering if Bill Murray is just feeding into his own story at this point in quote unquote brand by agreeing that that's what happened when he just wanted money. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, yeah, no, I totally did this on purpose. Or I totally did this on accident when really he just wanted some of those zeros in his bank account. And you know what? I Maybe, you know, but the story goes that he did the sequel because he just loves Breck and Meyer. Yes, he starts with B. But maybe that's why they get along, because they both just love bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Also another B word. So all the different, uh, all, the, all the listeners that we had at the beginning of this have already buffed. Yeah. <laughs> of course, because this is boopid. <laughs> you're, so You're boopid. Uh, I have to ask you, so why is, why is Bill Murray doing Garfield 4? <laughs> kitty, you know kitty, bang, bang. You know what? Who knows? Who knows? And who cares? Yes. Because the, the truth is, the more we get to hear or, and or see of Bill Murray, the better. Yes, I agree. I'm from that school of thought that he could do, you know, uh, Buffy starring Bill Murray <laughs> as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, the thing is, he's already done, you know, obviously Garfield, Garfield 2, Tale of Two Kitties, Garfield 3, The Three Whisketeers. Ooh. And then Garfield 4, Kitty, and now he's doing Garfield 4, Kitty, 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 Kitty Bang, Bang Bang. Right. I defy anyone to tell me which two of those are fake. Um, <laughs> so. all, all of them? I'm pretty sure they were all just tax write-offs <laughs> for the, for, for the uh, production companies. 
Um, but yeah, and one of the things, uh, especially about the Garfield movies that I did read is that Bill Murray was very, very unhappy with how the movie kind of played out. Yeah. Because, uh, especially in a movie like this, there's not room for him to ad lib. There's not room for him to improvise. You know, by the time he gets in the recording studio, 90% of the animation has been done. Sure. So he can't just play with lines. He has to read what's on the script. And so him not being able to edit the script or improv around things that and find ways that he's funnier really limits what he wants to be able to do. And as anybody, you know, anyone as big of a Bill Murray fan as we are knows that for almost all of his roles, he rarely, if ever, follows the script. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's improvised most of his parts for most of his films. When you're casting Bill Murray, you're casting Bill Murray for his Bill Murray-ness. Right. You're not casting him to be like, oh, I think Bill Murray would play this particular part right. that I've written very specifically. I think he can bring that to life. You're going, I need Bill Murray in my movie, and right. I'm just going to let him kind of do his thing. I think the one exception to that, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just putting this out there to get your thoughts on it, sure. but are his Wes Anderson roles. I, you know what? That's funny. As I was saying that, I was thinking in my head, I was like, except for maybe the Wes Anderson movies. Like those, I feel like Wes Anderson has a very distinct style and a very distinct concept in mind when he makes his movies. Right. It all feels very deliberate. Um, so yeah, I still think that there's a certain amount that he probably brings in Bill Murray and is like, okay. I would agree with that in instances where, let, let's say, Life Aquatic with Steve Sizu. Sure. He's the lead, so he can sort of craft what that character is and kind of where that character goes, and then everybody else plays around him. Sure. In something like Rushmore, where he's sort of an integral hurdle to the story, he might be able to play with line readings, but I doubt he's changing much of the trajectory of, of the that character. character. What about like Moonrise Kingdom? He was really good in that. I would say, especially for like the Fantastic Mr. Fox, yeah. I would imagine that is probably set. You know what I mean? Because in those, a lot yeah. of times they do the animation prior he, to the voice recording. He's in that very little. Yeah, that's true. That He's in that surprisingly little. Maybe that's why. Maybe, yeah. because, maybe there are just hours of tapes of him just riffing, and yeah. they were just like, sure, Bill, do whatever. And then they... <laughs> They were like, okay, we're only going to use the very specific <laughs> times that he referenced the script. They have like Robin Williams a la Aladdin footage yes. just somewhere. Just like him mountains. with the mic just talking and making like badger jokes. And they're <laughs> like, it. all right, hey, give us one that's the exact script. And then we're not going to use an, that. Don't worry. Yeah, and just, then that's what they use. Right. They just cut together the like. <laughs> 10 minutes of his they just got whoever dialogue. works for jimmy fallon and cuts together those like news yeah, clippings of it. like brian wilson uh, like brian williams rapping yes. whoever does those just cut together the 40 hours of bill murray footage into his actual dialogue. although you did just touch on i would love to hear brian wilson from the beach boys also rap that would be amazing i'm real into that concept and but now we, that you said that we I don't, don't have 800 hours of footage of him saying every word imaginable to a screen. We have several Beach Boys albums. That's true. That's true. Pet Project for High Five. We can also cut just, together a Brian we, Wilson rap album. We can just cut it together from that John Cusack Love and Hope movie. That's it, but then it's just five hours of John Cusack. <laughs> oh, and Paul Dano. Yeah, he's pretty solid. We pretty did see, solid. Uh, who else was he in? Prisoners? Oh, yeah. I was th I thought you were going to say uh, Swiss There Army Will Be Man? Blood. Was that him? Swiss, Swiss Army, Army Man was him. Yep. That's a really good movie. That's a really I know that's, weird I know movie. that's not a Bill Murray movie. It's not. But that is a Harry Potter farts all over the place. 
movie. It's fascinating. And it's really good. It's fascinating. It really is. Um, so Bill Murray. So let's let's kind of walk through Bill Murray's rise to I don't even know superstardom, just astro stardom. Because he is like he's literally a different level of comedic God, he's he is he's got like God level yeah. status. Like I don't think that he could he could probably come out tomorrow and say the most racist shit ever on the planet, and he wouldn't pull a Bill Murray. I, I mean, was just, uh, I was a Bill Cosby. I was just seeing Another where Bill. you were going with that. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say like he could probably do anything. Yeah. They could come out and be like Bill Murray raped forty seven dudes <laughs> through his entire career. And they'd probably be like, what a fucking Bill Murray thing to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never never do I want to glamorize rape. <laughs> Not at all. But. No, I'm just, no, I'm just joking. Um, but no, I, I kind of agree with you. Although there's a part of me that thinks that would just, well, that would never happen. <laughs> that would no, never happen. But like, he's so in tune with what his brand is. And his brand is so reliant on just who he is as a human, I would think that that would have come out by now. You know? Yes. The thing that really fascinates me about Bill Murray, and we can start with his apex of where he is now and yes. then start back at the bottom. You know, I, I came from the top, but now I'm Murray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Drake. It's, it's break. Breezy. Um, <laughs> Breaks. Breezy. Breezy. Um, but the fact that Bill Murray is still alive Yet there are <laughs> well, no, no, I'm going somewhere with this. But there are multiple legends. Oh about yeah, him for sure. That doesn't happen. He's a with legit people. living legend. Like there are legitimate tall tales about about Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. Like it's Bill Murray and Paul Bunyan that that happens about. <laughs> They're and Paul the, Bunyan's long dead. Right. Sure. Like Bill Murray's actual still Paul Bunyan. Walking. You mean yes. right? Bill Murray's still walking around, and people are like, "Oh yeah, he." Filled up 47 condoms and skydived off the Empire State Building. People were like, yeah, probably. Yeah, that sounds like a real Murray thing <laughs> And then do. he went to a sorority party and did their dishes. Oh, it's like, Bill I don't Murray. know what part of this isn't true. That Murray is incorrigible. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, though. That is a fact. Like, I don't know any other actor in existence or actress in existence no. that has that level. That has that, like, you... You would just kind of go with it, like, yeah. okay, well, I guess that's probably a thing that legitimately happened. Like, there are uber famous people. You know, we talked about Denzel Washington on our last episode. Another but, high five favorite, yes. for sure. Um, but you know, like George Clooney, or you know, there are legitimate, like Meryl Streep, just top tier talent, famous world famous people. Sure. But if someone told you that Meryl Streep walked into a sorority party dance to Adele and then did their dishes, you'd be like, there's no fucking way that happened. No. But if someone tells you that about Bill Murray, you're like, yeah, that probably happened. That very well could happen. Like, that's happening right now somewhere. Like, like the, uh, I mean, we could talk about the bar story where he went and, and bar randomly took over someone's bartending shift, and every time someone ordered a drink, he poured them a shot of tequila. Because that's all he knew how to do or something? That was it, yeah. yeah. That was it. Yeah. And, and I've referenced him doing dishes. That's a legitimate thing that happened. Is someone invited him to a fraternity party. He went to the fraternity party, went to the kitchen, washed their dishes, and left. Amazing. What? Like, 
But see, I, okay, so that brings me to something, because I've actually been putting a lot of thought into this. Okay. I love it when you put thought into this. I, th- I think, especially things related to the show, right? Uh, I think he has reached that level of superstardom where it's just fun for him to just randomly do whatever he wants. Like, he has that freedom. He has legitimate, like, people, I can only imagine, he probably gets hundreds of thousands of requests right. daily for on his phone a- events yeah but to come out to things or invitations or whatever he literally has that rare ability to just do anything he wants at any given time of day right. and people will be 100% fine with it because it's bill murray but the thing that differentiates him from other people is i would make the argument that there are hundreds if not more types of people that could do that. Sure. Like Ryan Gosling could do that. Morgan Freeman could do that. Benedict Cumberbatch could Meryl Streep could do that. They are at a level where they're untouchable in the fame limelight. Hell, Tom Hiddleston dated Taylor Swift and he's still around. And he's fine. Like people can do shitty, stupid things like date Taylor Swift right. and they're okay. Right. So there are tons of people that are at that level. He just chooses to take advantage of it, which is brilliant. And I wish more people would follow in his footsteps because I really think like Dan Aykroyd could totally do that. But instead, he's just crazy about aliens and starting vodka companies. That's right. He's pretty much just obsessed with the vodka. So like him and Tom DeLonge are starting a new vodka company or whatever about aliens or some bullshit. Alien vodka. That's a weird joke. But (laughs) like they are at that level. But Bill Murray's the only one that's like, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever. And I think it's funny and whatever. Like he got invited out to karaoke. Went and sang karaoke with a random birthday party for like two hours and then just left. And then that was it. <clears throat> like, the, the idea of like, why wouldn't more people do that? Sure. Is extremely valid. But the answer is no one, no one will quote unquote lower themselves to do things they think will hurt their image. When Bill Murray is the living embodiment of it will make your image better. Right. He's also the lit- I, I truly feel that Bill Murray just gives no fucks. Oh, yeah. He's just like, I don't care. Like, he's he's not... He seems to be quite possibly one of the sole people on Earth who genuinely, as long as he's pleased with himself, he's fine. He yeah. doesn't matter. So he's like, I'm doing this because this is something I think is going to be funny to me. Right. And if other people don't think it's funny, fine. If they do, fine. Yeah. But it's just, he does it for him. You know what I mean? He's not like meticulously calculating like if i show up to this specific sorority party this is gonna boost my whatever i genuinely think he's just like eh, this sounds fun let's go do it and if no one ever hears about this he could care less whatever yep you know right like and i love that about him that really appeals to me we would do that oh yeah high five is down to come to just whatever so if you invite us somewhere your bar mitzvah your kid's sixth birthday party we'll be there Yes. Maybe. Well, maybe. Circumcisions? Whatever. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're both moils. We'll brisk the fuck out of that. It's gonna it'll fucking look weird just like Jay's penis, but Well, you know, I did do my own brisk as an infant. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Dexterity wasn't quite there. Right. You have what they call a half circumcision. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? The full Cirque, as they like to call <laughs> right. it. The Cirque, the Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to the fucking joke. I was going to say the Cirque du Oopsley, but... But same, now it's ruined. Same, same ballpark. Now it's ruined. <laughs> it is in the same ballpark for sure. <laughs> oh shit! No, Bill Murray. Uh, um, so, so well, yeah. And speaking of legends about him, you know, you said he'll just do whatever people invite him to. Right. The other legend that floats are out around uh, around him that I believe is true because I've seen it corroborated is that he doesn't have an agent. He literally just has an 800 number. I've heard this. That goes to a phone that he checks periodically, and if he likes what he hears, he will call back and do the project. Sure. Can we get that number? I have looked so hard Is that a for that like? number, and I cannot find it. Any listeners of this show who can track it down and give it to us, we will mention you on air for sure Here. and invite you to, to a live recording of us Calling and pitching Bill Murray. We'll we'll do you one better because here's what we're gonna pitch to Bill Murray. We host the last Wednesday of every month in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Crying Wolf, which is a bar in East Nashville, a Bill Murray bingo night. It is Bill Murray themed out the asshole. We got gummy bills as markers. We got Bill Murray bingo boards. We got koozies. We it got all sorts so of shit. Much fun. We give away Bill Murray prizes. But if we had the opportunity to pitch this to Bill Murray to come check out his own game night, it's a game night in his honor. Yeah. Whatever listener can set us up with this phone number, I will figure out a way to get you to Nashville, Tennessee, and you will be here for that Bill Murray bingo you night. You can co-host the whole night with us. D- totally. Yes. 100%. So there's your challenge. Challenge issued, hopefully challenge accepted. Get us that number. <clears throat> Booyah. All right. So, so anyway. That's it. We're going to get Bill Murray to our bingo. One way or the other, he needs to know about this. That's my life goal. Everybody message, tweet at Bill Murray. Let him know that Bill Murray bingo is going on. That high five loves him. People talk about bucket list. The number one thing on my bucket list is meet Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, 100% on both of ours. Yes. If we if we met Bill Murray simultaneously, we would both immediately drop dead. Yeah. That's it. We could just die. So if you're also tired of this podcast, more incentive for you to get us involved. <laughs> you won't ever hear another episode again because we will be dead. Yes. And uh, and he will be responsible, and it will go down as legend. <gasps> that we, could legend. we could be legends. We could be legends. He one time I heard one time Bill Murray killed two podcasters just by meeting them. <laughs> just by looking at <laughs> just by looking at him with his mind bullets. <laughs> it's telekinesis, Jay. Oh man. <laughs> so so yeah, there's your challenge, Internet. Um and I and I hope it I hope it works out because I'm desperately serious about this. Truly. Um But when it comes okay, so we started kind of at the apex. Yes. But you know, what makes and I want to hear from you, but okay. what makes Bill Murray, like Bill Murray. Bill, Bill Murray. I mean, obviously, he started at you know Second City and um, his acting classes and Saturday Night sure. Live helped a whole bunch. But like, what to you? How did he get to where he is? I think he has a very okay. First off, I think as a person, he just comes across in his in his acting. I don't. I won't say in person because I don't know him in person as much as I would love to. I think in his acting, he comes across as this perfect marriage between a very approachable everyman, like everybody can identify with, but he is also that person that I feel like every person wants to be. Like, he's quippy, he's smart, he's funny, he's 
a bit of an asshole. Yeah. But like the likable asshole. Right. Not like the Chevy Chase asshole. No. But the likable asshole. Like the one that you wanna you would want to continue mm-hmm. on your show like community if they were on it. Right. Um, Speaking of Chevy Chase, we need to talk about him and Chevy Chase. Okay, point. for sure we will absolutely. Well, we can do that now. Yeah. Uh, that's fine because they do not like each other. I didn't. I didn't know this. They apparently had a big falling out, and there was a big tiff on Saturday Night Live that they between do, Bill Murray and yes, Chevy Chase. They do not like each other, and in Caddyshack, that's the reason they don't have any scenes together. Really? Yes, I didn't they, know that at all. Th- from my understanding, okay. they basically hate each other, but. And there's, I think, one scene, and it may even have been cut from the from Caddyshack, uh-huh. because the studio was like, we have these two gigantic comedic names in this movie, and they don't have a single scene together. Sure. And Harold Ramis was like, yeah, they 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 won't they won't be in the <laughs> same place. It's it's like Al Pacino and De Niro and Heat. Like they just they don't want to be together. Right. Sure. And so they said, no, write a scene where they're together. So there's like one scene where they're together, and it was a concession on both of their parts to film it and even do it. And they were just both phoning it in the whole time. Well, I'm going to go ahead and throw down the gauntlet. I 100% blame Chevy Chase for that. I think so too. I don't know the specifics of their fallout at all, but I place blame squarely on Chevy Chase. I, I, I don't know the full story, but I really think it did have something to do with basically him being a huge asshole to Bill Murray on Saturday Night Live. Because as much as there are rumors about Bill Murray, you know, being out and about and kind of a man of the people and this this crazy personality, their permeating reputation of Chevy Chase is that he yeah. is a prima donna asshole. Yeah. Like, that he just 100% knows he's famous, feels like he's famous, treats others like he's famous. Yeah. Is that is very much that like that cliche that Hollywood cliche of like you better tell them to stop looking me in the eyes when the, they talk to me the uh, the Ben Stiller if you will yes yeah exactly <laughs> which uh, I know someone that that happened to him really yeah they were a, a, a either a gaffer or a produ- or a PA on Zoolander and they said it was on set very made very well known that you do not look Ben Stiller in the eyes. That's so fucking crazy. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so fucking crazy. Because literally, when we're doing our live shows, and we're pretty famous, but when pretty. we're doing our live shows, I actually prefer prolonged eye contact with uh, with the people who are there to see it, with our audience. With you and me, and with strangers. Yeah. Preferably with strangers. Yeah. But I, I do think, like, everyone can come up with these weird justifications for, like, well, I'm in character, and if I make eye contact, I feel like I have to be pulled out of character and be myself. Bullshit. Bullshit. You're yeah. a dick. <laughs> you're, you're, just, you're just a flat-out dick. You're just being yeah. a dick. But I think my vague recollection of the story between Bill, uh, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase was that Chevy Chase came back to guest host when Bill Murray was in the cast, and he treated Bill Murray like shit, basically. That's so crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it sounds crazy, but it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I understand, especially after we listen to yeah. the whole like community fall apart thing yeah. and him just being a total dickhole about that. It well, and I think me. Bill Murray probably has an air of superiority to him because 
Jesus Christ, how could you not? He's like the best thing in comedy that exists sure. in the world. So there's no way that he doesn't have a sense of, I know exactly who I am. I'm going to do exactly what I want. But I don't think it's, you're going to treat me like a famous person because I deserve it. I think it's what back to what you said. He just gives no shits. He's not out to make you like him. No. He's just out to do what he wants to do. So if you catch him in a great mood, he's going to be super great to you. If you catch him and you're bothering him in the middle of something, he's not going to stop from telling you, I'm sorry, bro, I'm on the way to a Cubs game, and I can't talk to you right now. Right. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Now, speaking of feuds, though, and him having grudge matches with Mm -hmm. people, let's use that as an awesome bill way uh, Mm -hmm. to... Begway. To address one of the most famous feuds regarding him uh the one with harold ramus ah yes um which started on groundhog day groundhog day yeah um well bill murray was famously going through a divorce while filming groundhog's day sure and it caused him to i mean and he's admitted it to be very surly on set so he did not take notes well from you know harold ramus and the production was so strained that it basically ruined their decades-long And I was about to say, now to preface this, they were <clears throat> thick as thieves. Like, oh, I mean, they've done tons Caddyshack, of... Pro- Ghostbusters, Stripes. SNL, Stripes. I mean, they were they were the it couple right, of Hollywood of comedy. for a while. Yeah, for a while. And so... It's since, no small thing for them to have a feat is the point right. that I'm trying to <clears throat> and, impress. And it lasted pretty much the rest of Harold Ramis' life, which is the sad thing. Um, you know, Bill Murray went to see him as he was passing away and and they made up, which a lot of people don't realize this. And I was almost in tears, but the Oscars, when Bill Murray was presenting an award Uh and he like retconned in an award for Harold Ramis in front of everyone, like completely off script. Do you remember that? No. Okay. So this was the year that Harold Ramis died. Okay. And I think they had mentioned him. In in in, uh, in memoriam segment, but <clears throat> they didn't really do anything like to honor him. Sure. And Bill Murray came out to give, I think, a directing award or something, and went completely off book and basically said, "These types of awards, I have to take this moment to honor Harold Ramis, who." paved the way for and he gave this heartfelt thing wow. about Harold Ramis which was months after he had made up with him so it was his sure. public way of saying Harold is extremely important to me and should be to you and I was like tearing up because he had just passed away and I had known yeah, the context so, heavy. so he went completely off book and wow. added that in and you can find the video on YouTube and it's very very heartfelt I'm definitely going to yeah, check that out it's great um, and so it was sad to see them fall out because, I mean, and there was we, now it was big because I, I remember that there was like script disputes because Bill Murray thought the sh- the movie should have one sort of tone and Harold Ramis felt that it should have another tone because originally yeah. the movie was more of just a straightforward comedy in yeah. Harold Ramis's eyes mm-hmm. and Bill Murray is the one who really pushed for those kind of like black. comedy moments like with you know the suicide stuff and the real like dark parts where the movie and bill murray got what he wanted which was the interesting thing but it put so much strain on him and harold ramus's relationship because ramus would have to go to him every day and be like you have to rein it back you have to make you have to say what's in the script and for anyone again we mentioned it earlier but who doesn't know bill murray doesn't do that 
Like in Ghostbusters, he improvised something like 90% of his lines. He basically wrote the script of Scrooge, um, just his, his entire right. bits of dialogue. Everything in Caddyshack was improvised by him to some degree. He, that's just how he operates. And so he's kind of like <laughs> Marlon Brando. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they, they call him the, the Marlon the Brando, Brando of comedy of, of comedy. That's what they call him. And so he was really, he had a vision for it. And I think it was driven just by the place he was in, in his life. He was in a dark place. So that's the type of comedy he wanted to do. And as you and I have talked, and I know it's been on your list before, it birthed one of my favorite movies of all time. Groundhog Day is easily one of, not my favorite Bill Murray movies. Just movies. Just movies in general. Um, it would be really tough to, to narrow down Bill Murray movies that are my favorite because I'd almost have to split them up into a category of comedy movies, indie movies, and serious movies. Sure. Because he's done so many good things in all categories. I mean, things from like Lost in Translation, which is fantastic, <clears throat> to all the Wes Anderson things he's done, to St. Vincent, which came out recently, and then, you know, all the way back to his comedic days with the, you know, the golden age of like Groundhog Day and Stripes. Did you happen to see Rock the Casbah? I didn't. Heard bad things. Okay, I haven't seen that either. I was just curious. I've I heard not so great things, so I'm kind of hesitant to, to watch it. But I mean, even his like little bitty stuff, like his his scene with uh, I think it's um, oh I forget the rappers, but coffee and cigarettes. Oh yeah, the Jim yeah, yeah. Jarmusch movie. Yeah, yeah, where he's just like riffing with rappers. Yeah, I think it's Three Six Mafia actually, and it's. It's hilarious. And so it would be it's incredibly difficult to narrow down what what exactly he brings to the table because he brings so much to the table. And I can see it, you know, if the studio was pressing a director to make this big budget comedy the way they want to release it, to have your star basically be like, "No, I'm going to make a different movie and you're going to go with it." That would definitely put a strain on your relationship. I 100% agree. Um, are, you looking, are you looking up yeah, the Jim Jarmusch thing? Yeah, I was thing? trying. Um, but to be perfectly honest, um, no, 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 no. It's Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, it was the close. Jizza and the Rizza. Close. I was close. Um, so, but basically, yeah, I 100% agree with you that it was one of those like really unfortunate things. It's like when mom and dad get a divorce, oh, you know what I mean? And the thing is they could, there were so many more years of both of their careers. Oh, that there sure. could have been so many good movies after that. Like, yeah. Partnering. Like I, yeah. I wasn't done with that relationship I, it, yet. They were just reaching their, their peak. And you know, you could also make the argument, well, it would only go downhill after groundhog day, but we don't know that. Right, like, no. we don't know that at all. I 100% agree, and um, that was kind of one of the things that I was really hoping for. Um, that brings me to another kind of, I don't want to say low point in the career, but an interesting side sidestep um, was the decision for Bill Murray to, to be what amounts to basically a glorified cameo in the new Ghostbusters movie, um, which I felt was odd, especially for Bill Murray... I mean, the, once again, referencing legend here, legend has it that Bill Murray vehemently disagreed with 
a Ghostbusters sequel with yeah. a third Ghostbusters movie. Well, because he would never agree to the script. He never thought it was good enough. Right. And he refused to be a part of it if it wasn't going to be what he thought was mm-hmm. a good sequel. So I always found it very odd because now you and I have argued the validity of the current Ghostbusters movie. I'm not saying it's a great movie. I'm just saying I accept it for what it is. But by no means is it Ghostbusters. Oh, no. So it always kind of perplexed me why he agreed to be in this movie, considering his, you know, disdain for the other concepts that came before. And I've read some of the leaked scripts. I don't know if you have for the potential Ghostbusters sequels. Some of them were fucking awesome. I I like epically awesome. I liked some of them that came out. I think that I have a theory on this. Okay. And I think it's, it's a mixture of two things. One, I think in a way he did it to honor Harold. See, that's what I was going to ask you. If you think that it had to do with kind of that. I mean, Harold Ramis had passed away long enough where I think, sequels could have happened but after harold passed away you can't do a movie without egon sure there's no ghostbusters so i think in a way when it was presented to him that they were going to do this new vision of it and they wanted you know as many people that honored the original of it to be a part of it he agreed to do that i have also read and i think you know when you and i argue and disagree about the validity of that ghostbusters movie most of my arguments lie on the side of there's a good movie in there that a studio ruined. Of course. Because absolutely. Melissa McCarthy is hilarious. Leslie Jones is hilarious. Kate McKinnon is hilarious. And Kristen Wiig is hilarious. Like, it was a great cast. And the director is great. And the writers were great. There is a good movie in there that when I watch it, I can tell a studio destroyed. And as we know... That's one of your least favorite things. Yep. Your least favorite things is something that could have been yeah. or should have been something great yeah. that was just ru- spoiled. And I can point to places in the movie where I'm like, that was a studio note and it doesn't it doesn't need to exist. This is funny and this is what they were originally trying to do. And Bill Murray has said he read the original script and met with the four actresses and thought they were so funny and the vision they wanted to do was so funny that he wanted to be a part of it. Couple that with his desire to honor Harold in some way. I think that's why he's in it. Right. And then because famously he wanted to die. Right. He wanted to pull uh, Han Solo. And he wanted, and he did, and he did, <laughs> but he wanted to die in the series. And that's yeah. uh, originally the rumors were back when they were still gestating like a Ghostbusters three, like an actual mm-hmm. sequel. The rumor was that he pushed to be a ghost a la Slimer. Right. Like he was like, I'll only do it if you'll yeah. kill me off in the interim <laughs> and I can be like a ghost. Like just a like a team hangs. member that's a ghost. <laughs> right. Like I'll just hang around <laughs> and like fuck with them yeah. or whatever, which I, I was fine with that, it too. It would have been funny. And he hasn't shied away from referencing Ghostbusters stuff. Like, uh, I, you remember Spike TV back in the day? Oh, yeah. They used to have a, like, Scream Awards. That was oh, like yeah. a horror thing. And there was a big moment because Ghostbusters, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was there, but Bill Murray showed up in Peter Venkman costume. Yep. And it was, everybody kind of went nuts. And that was about the time that the peak talk of like ghostbusters 3 might right. actually be happening and i remember when people saw that they were like oh that's a guarantee like he, <laughs> that's basically him saying like i'll do it you know what i mean um so he hasn't shied away from that right. character but it is very well known that he was very displeased with 
I think he's even spoken out about the sequel, about mm-hmm. he, how he wasn't a big fan of the sequel, and he felt like it just kind of petered off. And Well, the sequel, while I enjoy the Ghostbusters sequel... <laughs> petered off. I didn't <clears throat> even get that until nice. just now. Um, I, I'll put it out there. I do like Ghostbusters 2, but the reason that I like Ghostbusters 2 is it's a glorified remake of the first one. Sure. And I think that's what many people's problem with it is, is that it doesn't tread any new ground. And the first one was so groundbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it had to do with Harold Ramis and Bill Murray and you know Dan Aykroyd. And <clears throat> they did something that no one else had ever done. We talked about it in our Greatest 80s Movies, right? Greatest 80s Comedies episode. Um, and so the second one, to basically just remake the first one with a different bad guy... It was a kind of a letdown, and I think Bill Murray, as smart as he is, and as good with character and story as he is, sure noticed that. And I think he was unwilling to come back just for the nostalgia of it, Absolutely. unless he was certain it was going to be good. And in the movie industry, there's no way you can be certain of something's course. going to be good because it goes through so many permutations, <clears throat> and there's from so many script people to screen exactly with it. Too many hands in the yeah. cookie jar. But I will say, speaking of Bill Murray and cameos, segueing off of uh, Ghostbusters, one of my favorite Bill Murray cameos ever it goes to Zombieland. Oh, of course. Because he's playing himself as a fake zombie. Exactly. Which is one of my favorite, just all of the inside references, and they, they're in his house, <laughs> and they're just, I mean, it's just, they're watching Ghostbusters. Um, it's just one of those things that it just, it's so fucking brilliant yeah. and meta and like it's it's Bill Murray playing the Bill Murray legend. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's so on the nose and smart and fucking hilarious that it, it kills me. I think the laugh that I get the hardest is either when he's describing how he's like what he's doing. He's like, no, it's fantastic. I had a makeup friend of mine teach me how to do this. You know, it's just a little bit of cornstarch and some uh, and some white powder. And he's like, it's great. Zombies don't mess with their own. Uh, I went out to the golf course the other day. Nobody there. Did 18 holes. No, not a single soul. And then when they accidentally just shoot him in the chest with a shotgun. Right. It makes me laugh so hard. Not because it's violence, but because of the shock of it. Right. And then they're like, do you have any regrets? And he's like, maybe Garfield. Right. It's just so fucking brilliant. I mean, it's so brilliant. And so, yeah, I I have to agree. I was also a big fan of his cameo in Parks and Rec. Oh, I don't I didn't watch enough Parks and Rec. So spoiler alert for anyone listening. But did you watch any Parks and Rec? I watched like half of the first season. Okay, so throughout the entire course of Parks and Rec, they always reference Mayor Gunderson. Okay. So Leslie Nope will be like, oh, yeah, Mayor Gunderson did this, or, you know, I'm, I look up to Mayor Gunderson, blah, blah. And he's sort of like the owl. Like, you always hear about him, but you never, you never or, see him. Or like he's um, like uh, like Niles' wife. Oh, okay. Frazier. Yeah. Like, yeah. They always talk about him, and there's like, oh, he's here, so they have to leave, and you never see him. In the, ver- in the finale episode, Bill Murray is Mayor Gunderson. Interesting. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. And he just plays like two or three scenes as the mayor, and it's great. So I really like that cameo, especially Amazing. with the lead up to it. There's such a legend and a lore sure. around Mayor Gunderson for uh, Parks and Rec fans. For it to be Bill Murray was just kind of awesome. a sweet nectar of comedy gold. Amazing. And to see him and um, Amy Poehler and Amy Poehler together is just great. Yeah, I'm so. I, I'm in it. Uh, Bill Murray, I mean, he for sure is 
is a huge fan. I'm even thinking like there may be enough Bill Murray to maybe squeak out another other stuff two episode down the road. We could almost we we could do what I would call a Bill Murray quote unquote the lost years, Ooh. which is 1993 when his fallout with Harold Ramis to 98 99 when he picked up with the Wes Anderson crew because that's the the time when he did like. Kingpin and Space Jam and the Man Who Knew Too Little. Oh, I'm so into this. And so it had like a Bill Murray, The Lost Years, where he made movies. Some would argue that they're good, like Kingpin or Ed Wood. Most would argue that they're not, like The Man Who Knew Too Little and Space Jam. But there's a five-year period when he broke up with Harold Ramis and before he started dating Wes Anderson, that he just sort of drifted in the... The bogs of moviedom. We should definitely have another Stuff 2 episode dedicated to Bill Murray, yeah. colon, The Lost Years. Actually, um, that <clears throat> that time period, if I'm not mistaken, is actually when he films the movie uh, Mad Dog... Uh, oh, shit. Mad Dog, and, Mad Dog and Glory, when he broke Robert De Niro's nose on accident. What? Yeah, there's a movie, a Bill Murray movie, happens in the Lost Years, quote-unquote the Lost Years, called Mad Dog and Glory. And there's a fight scene between them, and he does it wrong and, like, breaks De Niro's nose. I didn't know that this was a thing. Yeah, it's a totally I a thing. I don't even know what that movie is. Yeah, it's it, it's in the Bill Murray Lost Years. Fantastic. It's about cops and comedians and something. Amazing. So... Well, we'll save that for that episode. Yes, yeah, I would, we totally can. I would say that this has been a wonderful glimpse into the Murrayness of Murray. I I think so. We are we're gonna stop here and watch a very Murray Christmas. Well, well, we got to do that after because the, see the problem was the director is getting ready to set up the next shot and we've got to we've got to watch this because I don't know if you know this but Bill Murray actually shows up to the Garfield set in full Garfield costume. He's mocap. He no 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 no. He oh. just wears a big furry. <laughs> Garfield suit. So it's not like Rocket and Bradley Cooper for Guardians of the Galaxy. No. He's just in the suit. Yeah. Someone else is doing mocap. They told him, they're like, you don't have to do this. And he's like, I understand. I need to get into the character. Right. Literally. Right. He just wants to do it. Yeah. And he's, he's oh, is it, he's handing out tequila shots. You beat me to that joke. Uh, again. I was going to do that uh, joke. Again. So uh, before it's you It's not steal, a joke, though. He's handing out. Before you steal any more of my jokes. No, two. Bill? Yeah, one, two? one for each. One, no, no, two for me, none for him. Oh, all right. Fuck. We're on our way. Thank you, thank you very much. Gosh, you're a wonderful audience. See, where are you from? Chicago, how many people in Las Vegas tonight are from Chicago? Can we hear from you? God bless you. I really dig Chicago, one of my favorite towns. Really like it out there. See, I have some relatives in Chicago. I really should be looking them up. Well, if you're from Chicago, there's a very real chance you'll be singing this song tomorrow. Those raindrops keep falling on my head. Thank you. That doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Crying's not for me, because I'm never going to stop the rain by complaining. Because I'm free, <laughs> nothing's worrying. <laughs> <laughs>